All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, sponsored by Brewers Pizza, Orange Park, and Clay County's only brew pub. This is Corey. Hey, guys, what's up? It's Derek. Hey, what's up, guys? It's JK3. We are recording the first of two back-to-back episodes, uh, one covering the offense before training camp starting uh, this weekend or Friday, I guess. What is it, Friday? or it starts on yeah. Thursday. Thursday, yeah. Thursday, okay. Yeah, Thursday, which brings me to a point that we'll get to in a <laughs> second. But we're going to cover offense today and then uh, defense tomorrow and hope to get those uploaded in rapid succession. Uh, I did want to give a quick shout out to the folks that have left us five-star reviews in the last few days. We've racked up like three or four of them. So if you guys are on Apple Podcasts, if you don't mind pausing the podcast and just leaving us a quick review, we really appreciate it. Uh, We've done really well with that and it just kind of helps get our visibility out there a little bit. So certainly appreciate that. Um, Speaking of practice availability... Uh, what does your guys' schedule look like? Are you going to be able to make any of them? Because I seem to think there is a certain thing that's preventing me from probably attending any of them. Well, um, I was trying to go to the one on Friday, but somebody around here trying to be Tiger Woods or something, you know, talking about it might mess with his tea time. We're not going (laughs) to name any names on who that may be, (coughs) JK3. But, uh, yeah, so it looks like I might be going so. Hey, Tiger. And he dropped that. He dropped that hey, in the text with like Tiger, no explanation either. It's just like Tiger Keaton. was in the running on uh, at the Open on Sunday. It's just re-energized uh, my golf game, and I'm sorry I can't move it. I apologize. I, I take off work like I did on Monday. Uh, call in sick. Use it whatever time you need to, uh, to 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 go. That's the only thing you have to do now because they have those limited weekend ones. And for some of us that aren't, oh, well, I'm a season ticket holder, but for the folks that aren't season ticket holders. Looks like they're going to be calling into work anyway to go see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. By the way, if either of us are going to call out to work, we probably should edit that out of the podcast. Not your boss listens, unless your anybody. boss is listening to it. <laughs> I mean, they might be. I, I mean, mean, we're we're, uh, they, we're they, quite popular. They, they could listen to us, and and for Corey and I's a nine to five profession, it is not wise to call out on a Monday. So, uh, no. yeah, <laughs> no. But speaking of that. So I don't know. I mean, I tend to have a lot of memories growing up from when I was a kid of going to training camp with my dad. And even when my daughter was younger, um, you know, she's 11 now. But when she was little, I'd take her to the camps. And there were always availabilities on the weekend, Saturday uh, morning, even the afternoon, sometimes in the same day on the weekend where you could actually go out and attend practice. And I happened to, I think you had helped me, uh, Derek, you sent me the screenshot of the, the practice availability from the app or something. They're all weekdays and they're all from like 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Why in the world would the team limit folks from being able to come out and experience training camp like in the past? I don't buy the Coughlin thing because Coughlin was definitely there back in the day when we used to go when I was much younger. I mean, granted, they'd be like three fields away and we'd only be able to see the kickers, but at least we could actually show up on the weekend. Um, What do you guys attribute that to? Because I just think it's ridiculous. I'm really upset about it as a fan. Hey, man, you win. You win games. Things start to change. <laughs> Is that it, though? I mean, that I don't feel like there's a correlation between them going to the AFC Championship and cutting back time for fans to, to see a practice. I mean, what does it hurt for people to just be sitting in the stands on the weekend, you know? Well, when you're having a no-nonsense team like we're having, things get cut short, man. I mean, they're not playing around. They they've got a window of uh, that they think they can forget, just make the playoffs and all that crap. They think they can take take it all. So, and we do too as fans. Maybe that's why. 
You know, they they see. What what does that mean though? Why does that have anything it, it to just, do with it's not just, being? It's just it's it's coaches and how weird they can get. You know, maybe they're really just trying to weed out the bandwagon fans. I'm taking off work. Yeah, they too. They too. I'm taking off work to go. Too. Maybe you. Maybe you should question your fandom. Yeah, that's actually a really good theory. Actually, uh, maybe this is more like introspective. I should look at myself as a true dedicated fan. That's really, right? and, and that is, is, is my nine to five worth going to get a third stringer's autograph? That's not going to make the team. <laughs> is it worth it is my pto balance really worth it and for, for those that don't have jobs pto is paid time off yeah that's funny man where you work they don't have pto hey man don't so hey, anyway. hey, hey, hey don't be hey, don't call out my profession we're, we're in a little bit of hot water right now so let's just chill on that man. oh that's like a hint but um no, it could be this. You know, you could have something. You know, with the bandwagon, maybe because the team won last year. If they hosted them on the weekend or at night, there'd be ten thousand people that showed up. <laughs> That's not. I don't picture them in the marketing department being like, "Look, guys, this is the way that we determine who's." What would that even matter anyway? Well, okay, it's free. I shouldn't say that. What I will say is because the fact that you know the team actually did well last year. If they did have an open practice to fans. They might have more fans show up than they could accommodate. Yeah. You guys are so forgetting the point. family night. The family night that they have. What night is that on? With the scrimmages. I don't, think uh, I don't really count the scrimmage. Why? Yeah. Why not? Well, that's not train. I mean, it's, it's a not part of training. Camp. Camp. It's like a. It's like a uh, it's like a choreographed like no. event thing. <laughs> no, you can't get picky with it. The the, the family night. The family night. <laughs> Is a part of training camp, and it's on. It's on a Friday too, at six. So leave work at four to fight the downtown traffic. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I just i I don't. And see, you bring up something funny that I would like to ask you guys about as well, just as far as like training camp memories, because that was one thing that I enjoyed when I was little was getting the autographs. And I do remember as like I became a more advanced fan, realizing who was actually signing the stuff. Uh, you'd have those instances where they'd be like in a row and you'd have a good player like Fred Taylor would walk by and sign an autograph and then like you said like the long snapper would be next and you're trying to like it's pull like, back oh, so hey, <laughs> hey bro nah nah you don't, don't do this <laughs> don't ruin this ball bro yeah <laughs> don't don't ruin my hat don't ruin because like my daughter she's super proud of this one hat she had from like two years ago that has all kinds of autographs on it and I recognize like maybe like two of the people on it so um that's still fun, though. I mean, that's that's the only part. That's the only thing I mean by this is it just kind of, I don't know, it just kind of kills it for me because realistically, I'm probably not going to be able to make any of that. I'll stuff. take pictures for you. Maybe maybe I could be the exclusive sideline reporter for training camp. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that was uh, kind of a controversial topic before we get into the into the offense as well. It's another thing that has disappointed my daughter. I feel like this whole podcast theme is disappointing children. Um, is the ticket avail or the tickets going from uh, paper to digital? Um, I mean, that was a big thing, and I, I think it's died down for the most part. And from my understanding, that's an NFL initiative, so maybe you guys can correct me. But I will say that was kind of part of the fun where you get that that envelope in the mail and you got all the design tickets. And like my daughter from the years we've been season ticket horse, she's got them all in like a little notebook that she saved and everything. Um, what were you guys thinking on that when it, when that news came out? All I know is this: when you get about seventy, eighty thousand people in one area, cell phones stop working. 
So people better learn how to put their ticket in the wallet instead of trying to pull up the app or else they're going to have a little bit of a problem. Um, I'm just saying. Your, your, your daughter's going your to have to start printing out screenshots. <laughs> 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 She's going to have to start printing out screenshots and doing How and lame doing is that, though? of the games because, hey, I, okay, I don't mind. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it because I, I don't like paper anything. And, I mean, I don't even like having cash on me. If that makes any sense, I that I mean I don't even like having cash on me. I use Apple Pay. I use my uh, my wallet for everything. Even when I'm flying, I don't want the paper tickets. I just want it on my phone. I want it on my smartwatch, and and that's how I want my tickets. Even when I'm going, I mean, even when I'm when I'm when I'm going to. Uh, concerts, anything else like that, I just scan it, and there we go. I, I don't want the paper. I, I mean, the memories. Hopefully, I don't like have dementia when I when I grow older. <laughs> but the me- that got yeah, dark. I, I just don't want the paper, bro. I just don't want it. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't have dementia. <laughs> God, have to have um, to make a time Derek, capsule. So tell, tell- <laughs> what's that? Time capsule. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is fun for kids, but but and then also I lose my uh, five dollar off twenty five Win Dixie coupon yep. or whatever it's on those tickets. That's things. what I'm really pissed um, off about. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Publix, not Win Dixie. But um, Derek, so does this completely eliminate the guys with the signs when you pull up to the stadium that say "I need tickets"? Dude, they're gonna figure out a way to bootleg it somehow. You know, somebody's gonna figure something out. Doesn't completely eliminate them. You just might find a different type of person giving those so, tickets like, away. Well, well, speaking of him, like saying the screenshots, you like pull up next to him. He's like, "Hey, give me your number real quick." He's gonna like text you the screenshot or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> they're, gonna have, I mean, they're gonna have Apple employees outside. <laughs> they're gonna have <laughs> Apple Mac Store geniuses outside with the blue shirts on selling tickets and selling bur- or either that or they're gonna have dudes selling burner phones with the tickets on top of them. <laughs> Yeah, well, just you know, I just they they better hope okay. that it it ends up working out to where people that actually have tickets or even season tickets holder holders don't get their phone stolen or hacked or something, and then somebody uh, gets their tickets and they get into the game before the actual person who purchased the tickets, and then they have a bit of an issue on their hands. So it, it doesn't matter, you know. They're they're gonna figure it out, and it, it, life will be move on. The paper ticket will die. Just like the newspaper's dying, just like cash is dying, it's just, just is what it is. We just got to move on. What they should, they should start investing in selling uh, battery packs and like rechargeable, the little rechargeable <laughs> things. Because imagine like tailgating for four hours yeah. and Snapchatting and Instagramming and doing all that other stuff, you know. And then you get up to your gate and you're at ten percent, and your phone dies and you can't get in. Oh, can you imagine like you're in like you're like 10 deep oh. in the line? You know how like in action scenes or dramatic scenes in movies, there's like that music in the background. It's like, yeah. do, 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 do. and you're like watching your battery. Go Will down. I make it on time? <laughs> T- Teal Sunday be so- starring Corey and Derek. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I would stress the heck out. And then my thing is they need to expand more or create more lanes to, to um, stand in line because I do think that is going to be an issue with certain people who like can't figure out how to pull it up or 
you know, just something. I don't know. I'm I'm just curious to see how it plays out. But like I said, I think it's supposed to be an NFL thing to crack down on the. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's a cost savings too, obviously, but it's to cut down on counterfeits and, and that sort of thing. So I guess that's good. Um, lastly, one thing I just wanted to drop in there because you guys are big on the uh, apparel uh, stuff um, is the uh, Macy's deal. I guess those shipped. So the folks that were what was it thirty thirty five dollars? Uh, Jalen Ramsey a deal. What a deal, man! I saw that um, for one of one of the guys, one of my follows on Twitter. Uh, his name is uh, Karate Kicks. Uh, he is a uh, really big Jaguar fan, and I'm uh, really big on the apparel um, thing. He tweeted it, and by the time I saw it, it was too late. I wasn't able to uh, get onto it. But um, yeah, man, it was that. That's a that's a that's a solid deal. Yeah, you know what I said, man. Marshalls, TJ Maxx, Macy's. Those are real fans. We know where to find the <laughs> deals at. <laughs> yeah, people go in those places as opposed to buying it brand new on the website. Yeah, yeah. So hey, shout out to the shout out to the real deal. I think we had joked because some people on there were disappointed they couldn't get it, so they ended up. What was the thing that you said? Like I think it was last season we were talking about this in the off season. People who buy the jerseys through uh, yeah, that's what I was, was just like, talking Ollie, about. Marshalls, uh, uh, TJ Maxx, yeah. No, 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 not not those. Like the Ollie, oh, the Alibaba, Alibaba. Alibaba. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can always. I know we've talked about this before, and this is kind of repeating stuff, but it was a year ago, so maybe there's new people listening. But uh, you can always spot those in the stadium. I feel like. You don't have a jersey that's AJ Ramsey and Jalen Boye or something like that. <laughs> well, the colors just off a little bit, and it doesn't like the the text seems bigger. I mean, it just doesn't always seem hey, right. Hey, shout out to the to, to the fans wearing the, the, the fake jerseys, man. You guys were there probably since day one too. So shout out to you guys too. Oh yeah, yeah, you're really supporting the team. Yeah. Good job, a counterfeit, fraudulent jerseys. I guarantee they, they won't have issues um, with their tickets though. Getting into the gate. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you that that jersey might be fake, but hey, these tickets are official. Get me in right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay, all right. So uh, pretty funny. Um, so if, what we'll start with um, today, and like I said, we'll we'll touch on defense tomorrow is uh, offense. So uh, one of the more I would say, uh, and kind of to start with this, Derek, because you mentioned it be- uh, before we started. Um, there was a, what I guess like a tiered list of uh, quarterbacks out there tier one tier two three and four as far as um you know best quarterbacks to worst and you know this year uh we're going with the depth chart of Bortles we we got Cody Kessler I think was that a trade from Cleveland or we picked him up I think it was a trade I think it was right? a trade yeah it's a trade yeah and then Tanner Lee uh rookie out of Nebraska who of course will end up looking good in training camp and everybody will blow him out of proportion and and say that he needs to start by preseason game 3 because that's how that always plays out um what's the uh what's the deal with the tiered list Eric is it is it a situation where Bortles is still not getting the respect that's due after leading a team to the AFC Championship, which seems to be a pretty respectable uh, achievement. Um, Where's he looking on those rankings, and, and what's the respect level heading into uh, training camp? No respect. Still none. Um, let's be real. Everybody, including ourselves on here, was just so critical of Bortles, especially early last year uh, before he got rolling late in the year. Um, but even with, you know, a couple of playoff wins under his belt, you know, everyone just sticks out with the Buffalo game. But here's what I remember about that Buffalo game. There were two quarterbacks in that game. Tyrod and Blake both played terrible. But somehow Tyrod still considered a better quarterback than Blake. 
Now I get it's a whole body of, you know, a whole resume body of work as opposed to just one game. But, hey, Bortles won the game on the, on his feet. You know, the passing game wasn't there. So it's just, you know, it, it's going to be more locker room material for him. And, you know, he'll keep it moving. There are some other guys on there that, you know, like Sam Bradford and, and, and all that, you know, they can't even stay healthy. And, you know, they're ranked, you know, tier three or whatever. And it just, it, it amazes me how, in Case Keenum, Case Keenum, you know, he, he was one throw. What was it? I think it was, um, uh, oh gosh, someone on 1010 said it uh, earlier today. Uh, it was one throw. You know, I'm going to quote them, you know, like he, he's ahead, you know, he's in that group because of one stupid throw that got lucky because the safety in the corner or whatever got turned around. So, so still no respect, no respect at all. JK3, what do you think? You think this is the uh, training camp where, because I'm trying to remember uh, last training camp, he, I don't think he was getting a whole lot of hype. I think he was struggling a little bit. So I'm curious, like with all the talk of improvement this offseason and and him obviously dropping some weight or getting into better shape, because he looks, to me, he looks physically different when you saw the pictures from that golf tournament and everything. Um, Is this where he turns a corner and and gains that respect in training camp, or is it still kind of an uphill battle? I don't think that it's an issue with him training or getting respect in training camp because, you know, uh, that locker room is the only, you know, set of individuals besides the fans really, not even all the fans that are really behind him. You know, so that locker room, they've really, he, he's got the respect. He's done what he's needed to do to win over the locker room, in my opinion, which is the most important piece. Now, will Blake still continue to get shat on by the national media and everyone else? Absolutely, because everyone continues to go back to two seasons ago when he was pick six Bortles. That's the only thing. And, you know, it's going to continue with Blake to be a what have you done for me lately type thing. It's going to be one of those things where he continues to 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 uh, meticulously drive balls down the field, meticulously manage the offense. And the thing like we've been saying for the last two years, we don't need Blake to be Aaron Rodgers. We don't need Blake to be Andy Dalton. We don't need him to be anything other than just a typical game manager. That's what we need him to be. We need him to be a game manager. We need him to continue to control, uh, you know, the line of scrimmage, continue to make good throws, continue to, to, uh, you know, make progressive reads. And I think that he's done that, that the later part of the year, you know, he did all right. But one of the things, Two that's that we got to worry about is the excuses have got to be gone. So he had like wrist surgery. Um, he was on his third offensive coordinator and blah blah blah. All that all that crap's out the window now. So it's either, in my opinion, it's either put up or shut up. But this team is only going to go as far as Blake can take them. You know his, um, I would say his his dexterity and his, you know him being a healthy quarterback is, is really good because if he gets hurt. Bro, we're done. We if he gets hurt, bro, it, it is it is a wrap. I mean, Cody Kessler and the dude that's bagging groceries right now behind him, <laughs> dude, <laughs> we're we're hey, done. Hey, hey, okay. First of all, uh, it, I was quoting uh, T Wig from Ten Ten on that uh, comment I made earlier about um, the uh, the tiered list. And, and second, JK three, you said Andy Dalton. I'm sorry. I take Bortles over Dalton. Bro, 
I've just never liked Dalton. You, okay, never so had. you got a personal vendetta against him, which is completely different. No, <laughs> no. I, just, I, just, I, can't. I mean, people people can sit here and say, you know, oh, of course, Andy Dalton's thrown for all these yards and things. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It matters is those those wins when it counts. Very true. When you have when you have that the the roster that we now have around him. And look how the team in the locker room has rallied around him. You know, you got, you know, Bortles. You got Kessler, who's the backup. And you got Tanner Lee, the guy that watches the dogs in the dog park. But, you know, <laughs> that's still, uh, no, I shouldn't say that. You know, he's probably an outstanding young rookie quarterback. But <laughs> no, he uh, watches the dogs in the dog park. He bags groceries, whatever you want to do. Hey, no. That's actually a, that's actually a great way to utilize him if he's inactive. I mean, yeah. it, there's going to be a lot so, of dogs. Oh, at but, the stadium. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez, but it, 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 you know it's like you said, put up or shut up time. Whole teams behind them. Uh, let's let's take let's take this one and let's just let's just you know kick butt and take names, man. Let's do it. I mean, I mean to JK 3s point though, does it scare you at all that one simple injury puts us in a situation where Cody Kessler and Tanner Lee are the are the starters? I mean, it, it makes me wonder a little bit more about letting Chad Henney go. Not that Chad Henney's so awesome or anything, but I mean, these guys are just literally unknowns. I mean, we've seen Kessler a little bit in Cleveland, obviously, and he was the product, you know, obviously of being on a bad team. So you can't fault him too much, but they're really not guys that <laughs> I'm super confident in stepping in and being able to lead us to the rest of the way for another, you know, repeat winning season. But you know, what's crazy is that the backup position, like in the NFL, besides, Nick Foles, but who else is a decent quarterback out there? Like besides Nick Foles, and Nick Foles was, I mean, you know, that that was just a miraculous story with the Eagles and, and you know things like that. But who else yeah. is out there? Like you, you can't. I don't know. Very, I mean, Lamar Jackson and Joe Flacco, maybe in Baltimore. Yeah. I, I don't see there being any other just, you know outstanding quarterback battles in the NFL. I mean, everyone pretty much has their own, you know, there's 32 starting quarterbacks. Every team pretty much has their own. I don't think there is, you know, a a crazy quarterback battle that's going on that unless, I mean, besides the the Lamar Jackson and Joe Flacco, and that's the only one that I know. But I mean, if anybody else can think of a crazy one, the backup job in, in the NFL is the best job to have. You're holding a clipboard and you're just praying to God that somebody else doesn't get hurt in front of you. I mean, that's honestly. Would you even? Uh, would you have even said that about Nick Foles last off season? Because I almost think that's a good point. That I mean, you never know with these guys. I mean, they could do just the same thing he did last year. Because I, I mean, granted, you guys maybe follow it a little bit more than me as far as knowing like depth charts of quarterbacks of other teams. Because I certainly don't. But Nick Foles would not have struck me as a guy that would have won the Super Bowl for them if he came in. You know, I'll say this: if it was a different opponent they were playing. If, if we won that AFC Championship game, the Jags, he doesn't do that. I'll go ahead and record any Eagles fan. He doesn't do that against the Jags defense. The Eagles, no way, absolutely no way. Okay, I, I know some. I know some Patriots fans that follow football pretty close. You know, obviously we're just fans, but they know enough about their team, and and they know and they know that their defense was not that great. Belichick, the Wizard, and all that other stuff. It, it was it, it it was the perfect. It was a setup. You know, they're amped up. They're playing the defending, you know, champs, you know, five-time, you know, Super Bowl winner. And they came ready to play. 
And Nick Foles just went along for the ride. Absolutely no way in the world if they played the Jags. He but there's so many other factors you can say that because look what they did to Minnesota's defense. They absolutely destroyed Minnesota. And Minnesota and Jacksonville was like literally number one and number two in defense um, last year in depending on different categories. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not a, you know, Eagles bandwagon or anything, but, you know, if, you know, that that's neither here nor there, you know what I mean? But I think that he probably would have, I, I honestly, I think Foles would have done it to him. I think Foles would have, we would have had too much to handle with him because he, the way that he came in, the way that he ran the offense against, you know, not only, you know, the, the Patriots, but what he did prior to Minnesota carved them boys up and they really have the same almost type of defenses we have. Well, switching gears just a little bit, and Derek, I'll kind of let you take it away here uh, with the offensive line. Um, I know, uh, you know, some of the, with the Andrew Norwell addition, which was obviously a huge acquisition in the offseason, and then uh, Cam Robinson and, and Linder still on on board. You know, what are your thoughts on the prospects of the offensive line? Is there any kind of battles we should be looking forward to in training camp or anything we should be paying attention to? We just need to pay attention to the right side, you know, um, Parnell. Uh, he, he's not old, but you know he he is a vet, and uh, for the right tackle, and then can at the right guard, um, are, are they going to be pushed? You know we don't know, but they, they definitely uh, that's if you had to point out a weaker part of the line, that's it, the right side. So uh, obviously, if you run a lot of you know sets on offense, whether it be a one tight end if it's high formation, which we're going to run a lot of, you know, what side are you going to put the tight end on? Are you going to bring in an extra offensive lineman and put put him there to support that on those running downs, which you know we've been prone to do because of the the, the great skill we have in the backfield? Um, but yeah, definitely that right side with Cannon Parnell. So when you guys and just help me out here, when you say the right side is, is I guess you're saying it's the weak link, right? Yeah, I mean, and we're not going to say it's the weak link because they definitely played a lot better than they have in years past. But if you had to take the weaker two out of the the, the, the five total, you know, it, it's definitely the right side for sure. Yeah, and what? Well, I mean, why why is that? I guess you know, is there just not as talented, or or what do you think? Well, for some weird reason, you know, can. He was, you know, very, you know, highly touted out of college. He was, he, he played really well as his rookie year, kind of second, third year. Don't know if it was sophomore jinx and injuries, you know, not sure, but it just was, you know, getting blown up behind the ball. And then the Jags primarily would run a lot of stuff off the left side last year. Um, they, 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 they were running some off the right, but they were coming off the left side on Cam Robinson's side. Now you've upgraded that guard position on that side, and that just makes you even more dangerous. you got a guy that can really mash and get to the second level. That's what it's all about. That's what you want your guards to do. You want your tackles to turn, turn in and seal, and you want your guards to pull around or go forward and and get to that second level and get those linebackers. So by the time Fournette hits the hole, he's going up against DBs and safeties. That's what that's the whole name of the game. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That that right side of the line, um, it's it's not weak, but it's not as strong as having Cam and Norwell on your left hand side. Um, if anyone's been listening to the podcast, you know that I've been a huge Cam Robinson fan. Um, you know since the since we figured out that. Um, What's the guy's name that was at Miami uh, that that came from Miami that we thought that he was gonna be the tackle? 
Uh, uh, is that uh, Brendan uh, Albert or Brendan? What is it? Yeah, Brendan, Brendan Albert. Albert. Brendan yeah. Albert. Yeah. Yeah. So ever since he was gone, I've told everyone, hey, don't worry about this Cam Robinson guy. He's going to be good. He started at Alabama, which is as close to a, an NFL team in the college that you're probably going to get. Um, you add Norwell, like you said. The left side is great. It's that right side, and uh, I, I definitely think that that right side with A.J. Can and Parnell – uh, that's where a lot of the improvements going to go. You know, Shatley is going to hold it down in the in the uh, in the in the the center. But you got to think about it too. Shatley's not even like a really like a true center. He was a converted guard to center, which is crazy to me. Yeah. And he's like, I think he was like PFT's uh, like highest rated or one of the highest rated centers last year. And he was a guard that he, you know that converted over to that. So, um, but. To, to Not to piggyback too much on Derek's point, I am just very glad as a Jaguar fan that the offensive line is no longer the scapegoat. You know, it, it, the offensive line for the, the longest time in this city has been, oh, if they weren't such turnstiles that, you know, tackle and guard and blah, 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 you know, we would, uh, you know, if we gave the quarterback some time and, and everything. Now I, I'm really ready to see how this offensive unit is going to really, uh, you know, solidify and perform. And I think last year also they were still not really settled in what offensive line combo they were going to have. This no. this year we've got our five guys. Um, there may be a little bit of uh, you know competition for the second um, you know second second guy up in each one of those positions maybe, but you know for a fact right now what your offensive linemen, your core you know four or, or excuse me your core five are going to be. Yeah, and you got you got eight of them too. There's eight guys for sure. I mean, obviously you have the other two with your backups, Shatley. Uh, Brandon Thomas and Will Richardson, the rookie. I think he, NC State. I want to say um, mm-hmm. that that's when have we had depth at the offensive line? Let's think about that. When years, double digit years. Are you telling me if someone goes down, we actually have someone that we can plug in and not miss a beat? Yeah, Josh Wells, Chris Reed. They've been here for three years, so we know what they are. But the other two, especially Thomas and Richardson, if if they are all, you know, especially Richardson. What they say that you know they they could be as far as potential, you could have them pushing for a lot of a lot of reps, a lot of a lot of uh, snaps. And, and I really think having that depth, that offensive line, is really going to help us out because that position, at any position on the football field, you're really just one, um, you know, one one play away from getting hurt. But that offensive line, man, you're one like defensive lineman rolling up on your ankle. You're one running back stepping on your Achilles. You know, something like that away. And having that depth is really. Uh, important and look at the best football, uh, the best offensive line in football, Dallas. They are literally reloading, and you, you know that's just one of the things you got to do. You, in order for you to either run or pass the football, you have to have a decent offensive line. Kind of tying into what Derek mentioned about the tight end position. So we got Niles Paul, uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins. Um, which of those guys is more likely to, to get more reps, um, you know, when the season comes along, but also from the perspective of helping out the offensive line? Because I know that was something, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was something we depended on Mercedes Lewis for you know, quite a bit when he was here, and we don't have him anymore. So uh, do one of those guys have an advantage when it comes to helping out the offensive line as well as being a receiver, or how do you see how that's going to play out? From what I've seen you know, in um, in ASJ, um, I, I think he's going to be the, the the receiver. And then with uh, between both of them, Safarian Jenkins is 
I think a lot bigger than Niles Paul. I think Niles Paul's six one, six two, maybe. Farron Jenkins six four, six five. So red zone threat uh, and and an outstanding receiver. He's proved that he can get up and down vertically on the field quickly for as big as he is. Question is the off the field stuff that he struggled with. You know, mm-hmm. we, we got a good support system here. Uh, it's probably the reason why he chose here. You know, he saw that winning team and you know chose to come here from free agency. So. Uh, a good, solid winning team, some positive guys around him that, you know, that's first and most important is the personal life. But then if he can take that and put it on the football field, just makes us even more dangerous. So at this point, he's he's kind of like the leading guy as far as the tight end position goes. I would think so. I would think so. Okay. Um, from the wide receiver position, we'll kind of just run down the list of the guys we have competing this year. Marquise Lee, Dante Moncrief, Didi Westbrook. Moncrief, by the way, that guy's super active on social media. Um, I think he posts like a picture from camp like every single day in the offseason. Uh, Didi Westbrook, Keelan Cole, uh, DJ Chark, who a lot of fans are excited about. Rashad Green, who's uh, a lot of people would say, and I know Derek, I'd interested to hear what you have to say about that, but a lot of people say he's kind of on the bubble. Uh, Jadon Mickens, who made a name for himself last year in the return game, um, and Shane Wynn. So, um, you know, obviously, uh, Derek, not all these guys can make the team. Uh, some of the guys we know are definitely going to make the team, you know, more than likely, I would imagine. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but Moncrief is probably a, a okay. Chark's obviously okay. Just got picked up. Um, I think we kind of speculated a few weeks ago about Marquise Lee. Maybe he could be forced out if some of these other guys compete. I mean, what are you thinking on how that whole thing shakes out? This is the one position on the field that it's anybody's game right here. I don't care if Marquise Lee just got his contract renewed and, and, and he's you know the leading returning receiver. Forget that. There are six, seven guys. There are five spots. One may even get special teams, so it might be six spots. Uh, somebody, they, they got to step up and play. That's, that's going to be the most interesting offensive uh, position on the field is who can sync up with Blake quickly and who can prove that they can get down the field and, and not uh, have butterfingers and catch the ball. Um, I want to see Marquise Lee do something besides a shallow crossing route. Uh, I'd like to see how well Moncrief slides in and, and gets, a, gets a rapport built with Bortles. Uh, DJ Shark, let's you know see what the rookie's made of. So it's just there's a lot of different things with each one, but that's the most interesting position on offense for, for competition in my concern. Um, yeah, and it, it just seems that really that this receiving unit got younger. Um, I mean, because you think about the guys that were here, <clears throat> Hearns, Robinson, they're no longer here anymore. So the oldest guy uh, in the receiving room right now is is, is going to be Marquise Lee. Um, I One thing that I will say, though, is that the, the receivers aren't really going to sneak up on anybody. Um, this year because we've seen especially if Blake does get a clear pocket and if he does get you know a, a really good throwing lane he's probably going to make the throw um, you know it, it, they're they're not going to throw downfield too much but if there is you know take the Seattle game where he was throwing downfield um, he made a he completed a high percentage of those throws I really think that it, it's going to be um and 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 correct me if I'm wrong. I really don't think there is a, an identified number one receiver on the team. Is there? Mm-hmm. No. Like yeah, I mean these these guys. Can, I mean there isn't like a standout number one for sure. So to your point, 
it's anyone's game. Um, I think Mickens is going to really get his reps and get his plays on um, special teams just because of his size. Just strictly because of his size. Mm-hmm. He's just probably the smallest guy uh, between him and Shane Wynn. He might be the smallest receiver. Uh, they might be the smallest receivers out of the group. But you got to look at Chark. You got to look at um, Westbrook. You got to look at Marquise Lee. I think Keelan Cole is even taller than uh, or even bigger than than them as well. So I think Mickens is going to be a lock uh, on special teams for sure. But you got to throw in where, where's Rashad Green? You know, where's he at? Yeah, he's probably he's probably gone, right? I mean, isn't that what you he's guys still are thinking? On yeah, yeah. No, I know, but I'm saying he's probably most likely to to get cut. Yeah, he he could be. You know, there's a um, and for, you know, since we are talking about training camp and and the bubble, there's a guy that's on the the, the roster, uh, Alan Lazard, like six five out of Iowa State. Um, I had a buddy of mine was telling me about him uh, about a week or two ago. And he's saying he's just big and he can run and he can catch. You know, I haven't watched anything on him, but if anybody knows anything about him after you listen to this, you know, let us know. He he was saying that he could he could sneak up. That could be the one that could, you know, come out of nowhere. Um, have you guys heard of him before? Nah. Uh, I've heard the name, but I mean, you have a pretty trusted source and buddy of yours so <laughs> from, uh, from about a week ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, about a week ago. Yeah, no. Shot hey, free, uh, free Bobby's murder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, it, it's just uh, it, it, I got to Google that later. Yeah, yeah, we'll tell you about that one later. Um, no, just he was saying that obviously every team is looking for that one diamond in the rough. That one guy, that Keelan Cole that we had last year, he's saying this could be a, a 2.0 of that. You know, we'll see, obviously, but. I remember uh, JK3, you were calling that, weren't you? Weren't we talking about that before, where we were at that camp and you saw Keelan Cole and you kind of. Yeah, knew. man. I mean, it, it, if you, once you. It, it was it was really good seeing him seeing him play seeing him run his routes and I, I think I just whispered over to you I think I was like man he's 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 really good I think he's gonna be you know but I th- that was all circumstance and, and luck you know I'm not like Nostradamus or anything else like that but um, you're not you're not like Derek's buddy <laughs> hey hey he happens to be from Iowa okay so I I don't know. I'm just messing hey, with you man, I don't hey, know. hey I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm really starting I'm really know. starting to I I think we got one listener in Iowa or is that Idaho <laughs> or that that we got one guy that's from like Idaho or something that, that any teal tomahawk like, yeah. wherever that guy's from um yeah, but <laughs> well, it, well he's from he's from here he just lives up where is he yeah so <laughs> That guy. I mean, is is your source Teal Tomahawk? (laughs) No, my source is not Teal Tomahawk. We need to we need to interview him about how he made his way to Idaho. Yeah, he's in Idaho. He's in Boise, Idaho. Yeah, that's that's Derek's source right there. No, no, it's not my source. But no, shout out to Teal Tomahawk, man. He's he's a day oneer. He shops at Marshalls, man. Day one. Let's go. (laughs) But no, man, it's just it's just one of those things where. I, I think the receivers, though, really got their, their work cut out for them because of our defense, which we'll get into tomorrow. But the defense, man, coming up against the number one defense, I would hate to practice against those guys every day. You know, one, just because you're going to get Jalen's mouth every 
day. Uh, as a receiver, too, to be going up against, uh, you know, Boye and, and Ramsey. And, you know, I don't think that defense is going to really want to give up any plays at all in, in training camp. I mean, we saw walkthroughs where Jalen was batting the ball away from receivers. Right. Well, I think the last uh, – and by the way, since we're shouting out, folks, uh, shout out to Kevin Brown who had tweeted us looking for a new episode, so we appreciate that. That guy's always liking and commenting on stuff, so I wanted to shout him out because we uh, appreciate that support for sure. Um, so uh, running back, I mean, this one's probably the least controversial uh, position group to discuss. I mean, you probably agree with that, I imagine, but – uh, you know, Lynn Fournette starting. We got Yeldon Grant back again. Really curious if we can pull off some of those plays like we did last year using Corey Grant. But um, anything really to kind of discuss there with you guys on running back? I mean, it doesn't. It seems like the least exciting of the uh, controversial. Well, I wouldn't even say controversial, but just uh, matchups in, in camp to, to play out because it seems like it's pretty pretty well established the the order. I think that they've they've really got to find a way to get Corey, Corey Grant in involved more than you know the special teams plays uh, involved more than the little gimmick uh, you know trick plays. I think if they if they don't go away from him in that New England game, New England he literally took them for for a storm. They had schemed for Fournette. Hell, they even schemed for Yeldon. They did not prepare for Corey Grant. So there's got to be a way that you get your fastest running back on the field in some type of position other than, you know, fourth and one and we're going to run it or we're going to do a a trick play. Because those trick plays are not going to sneak up on any teams now. Teams are going to be playing it safe because no one wants to end up on SportsCenter on a a Sunday with a 50-yard fake punt touchdown or, or anything else like that. So they've got to find a way to get Corey Grant the ball, I think. But that would probably be, you know, Fournette is obviously your number one. Um, Yeldon is a really good third down back, a really good blocking back also on third down. Um, but you got to find a way to get Corey Grant the ball. Yeah, you, it's good to have options. Since when has the last time the Jags have had options Obviously, we have our, our, our star, our proven back, Fournette. But now you have options, and depending upon who's running the ball well, you know, Yeldon's going to be playing for a, a deal. Um, Corey Grant, obviously, is going to be playing for a deal that, you know, their goal is to stay in the league. You know, they, they think they can play, and we know they can play uh, as fans. So it's just a matter of now what does the situation present itself, who's running well that day to give Fournette those breathers. Um, obviously Yeldon's probably more of a complete back, but with Corey's grant speed, it's just something that you can't teach. So, I mean, if they want to bring back the bubble screen and get him in a bubble screen and get him taken off down the sideline, I'd take that. You know, it just doesn't matter. Did, uh, just got to figure out ways to get him the ball. Did Fournette have his ankle cleaned up in the offseason? His ankle's been an issue since he was in college. Mm-hmm. So that's, I don't think that thing's probably ever going to be right. right. Um, I want to say he twisted it pretty bad. Maybe his sophomore year, yeah. uh, against one of those Bama vaunted defenses. I bet. Uh-huh. Um, but he may have had it, you know, cleaned up. Obviously, I, I bet you he did. You know, probably does every year. But it, it's still, it hasn't been right in three or four years. Who says it's going to be right next year? I hope it is. I really do, for his sake. Mm-hmm. Um, we we want to see him succeed and do well and get get rid of that nagging injury. But it's just it hasn't been right in a long time. 
Yeah, he dropped some uh, weight too, didn't he? In the off season, like, didn't he drop down quite a bit to try to you know run a little lighter? I don't. I think so. I don't know, man. But it seems like everybody. I, I follow a majority of the athletes, um, of the players on social media and everything. I mean, it seems like everybody has just literally maybe taken maybe a, a week, one, two off, you know, in the off season, and majority of the time they have literally been. Back and forth in the gym, back and forth, uh, you know, doing what they need to do. And everyone, they really do look like they've lost, you know, a considerable amount of weight. And they, I mean, for the first time in a while, you know, it looks like we got a real football team. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what happens when you get close, man. You, you can see it. That's what I was talking about on our last episode. There's no nonsense. You can just see the attitude and the difference in the team. Um, as far as what you can, you know, see from social media, most people, you know, like, well, they're just posting pictures or being dumb. Not necessarily. There's there's a different there's a different type of attitude. There's no nonsense. This is what happens when you try to prevent families from uh, attending uh, training camps on the weekend. You just get better. You uh, lose weight. Um, All right, and, and you didn't bring up Bohannon. Oh, got to bring up Bohannon. Yeah. Oh, dude. You have. Yeah. You you got yeah. you got to account for the fullback now. I mean, there. The, 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 my favorite play from all of last year, and I'll tell you this right now, is when I was in Pittsburgh, when they ran that play action pass and Bohannon snuck behind the entire defense and it was just completely silent. <laughs> it was completely silent. You got it. Yeah. You, you've got to account for Bohannon because they had ran that play a couple of times in the year and with him creating space for Fournette and being an, uh, an actual, you know, fullback. Yeah. You got to account for, you got to account for Bohannon. That was probably one of my favorite uh, things from last year was you being our um, on-the-field correspondent for the Pittsburgh game <laughs> <laughs> and the video clips from, like, the bars and everything. Well, the plan um, right now, let's just go ahead and put this out here. Uh, the plan is for me, I'm going to uh, Kansas City uh, for the Kansas City and uh, Jags game. So uh, that should be a really uh, another on-field experience. I'll have some barbecue suggestions you know, so maybe I should be an on-field on on-field uh, correspondent for the barbecue. Yeah, and we'll probably get media credentials, of course. Of course. Why would it? Um, is that a B, is that a BCB thing or just? Um, it is not. Um, Caitlin has some. Well, she's probably gonna get mad that I put her government name out there, but my wife has got <laughs> has got some family there, and um, I think that's one of the trips that we're gonna do. The 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 Miami one that BCB is doing. Too close to Christmas. The Dallas one is too expensive. You know, I'm not out here living in the the mean streets of Ponte Vedra like you. Um, and <laughs> and the, yeah, how do you throw that dig in there for? The, that seemed the, the New York the Giants game. I'm it's the first game, man. I don't want to go on a way trip on my first game, so I'll just make it my own. I'm pretty sure yeah. to be some. I mean, BCB is worldwide as as so is down by the bank, so I'm sure I will run into. <laughs> A couple of folks out there. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Any uh, final thoughts you guys have on the offense for episode part one? Oh, let's let's get it. Let's get it. I'm so excited to see this wide receiver uh, uh, matchups and uh, positions during camp. Um, I just I, I'm just excited to see it and let's go. It's been there's been too much baseball. My fantasy baseball team sucks. So it's time to get back to football. All right. That sounds like a good transition. So we'll wrap this episode. Uh, We will be recording again 
uh, tomorrow for episode two, and we'll get those out pretty quickly. So you guys should see those in succession uh, one day after the other. Uh, so episode one is a wrap for offense. We'll be talking about defense tomorrow and any other little tidbits that happen to pop up. Um, again, if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that support. Um, and, of course, we're on all major podcast platforms as well as on Twitter. So if you happen to be on Twitter, um, jump on there and follow us, and you can see our new episodes. Uh, so thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com